You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 24, season three of Heart and Soul. I am joined once again by our honorary co-host, <laughs> Macy Cole. Is this your fourth time on the podcast? Yeah, or maybe even fifth. Yeah, it's definitely been um, a while since you've been on. I think you came on at the beginning of COVID. Yep. But it's time to have you back. So I'm pumped you're here. I'm so glad to be back. And I'm also pumped that you're here in person. Macy lives in Wilmington. Yay. And we've been doing a lot of Zoom lately. Yeah. And as much as that is just a great tool. It is hard to sit on a computer and stare at someone through a screen. It doesn't feel yes. as doesn't feel as intimate com, like conversationally as it could. So I'm glad you're here. Me too. And thanks for having me. I um, hadn't told Catherine for sure if I was like coming in person. <laughs> and then I was like three minutes away and called you and basically said, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I'm, pull, I'm pulling onto your street. Is this your street again? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like pulling up the Zoom link. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so thanks for being so accommodating. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, okay, so first, how are you doing? How's I'm life? Actually, really, really good. I feel like life just um, uprooted itself last year, and we all had to face a bunch of things and pivot a lot emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of it. And it's always that feeling where things start to settle again, and sometimes it feels like they're never going to. And when I say settle you know I think last time I was on the podcast we were talking about how it's not as if every single moment we're tying a bow Mm -hmm. and then you can push it to the side but a lot of the hard work and sleepless nights um, of last year have led to these really beautiful seeds that I'm now seeing bear fruit of this year and that has literally started unfolding in the last two weeks Mm -hmm. and it just feels like a very sweet special moment that I'm trying to not be attached to but allow myself to enjoy because I know there's always going to be ebbs and flows but I think you can get in this zone of being so worrisome of when's the next hat going to drop or Mm -hmm. am I allowed to enjoy this season because you almost get addicted to constantly having to push and you know that dangerous word strive yeah but you get into a a really beautiful moment where you're kind of just existing yeah and that's where I feel right now well and I feel like last year for a lot of people was about waiting yep whatever it might be yes your business like waiting for something in business waiting for a relationship waiting for the world to open back up again yeah waiting for a baby whatever it is And I think sometimes when you get so conditioned to waiting and praying and wrestling with God, sometimes (laughs) when you actually get what you desire, you're (laughs) like, I got to go, I got to like push it away or (laughs) I got to like find something else to wait for because this can't be true because you're so used to like, yes, begging. (laughs) It's, It's almost scary. It's like, oh my gosh, this moment that. I have been waiting for is here and and it's like I'm holding something fragile like what if I accidentally break it or you know just anything but but then you just remind yourself no this is how life can feel and at times should feel yeah I've been feeling like guilt every now and then through this pregnancy of like when days go by and I don't like thank god yeah because I prayed for it for so long yeah but then I think like going back to what you said in the beginning is I think you just need to enjoy it. I think yep. that's thankfulness. Yep. Is he's like, I've given you this gift. Like I've given you this sigh of relief in your business. Yes. Just enjoy it. You don't have to prove anything now to get more of it or receive it. Or Literally. It's just here for you. Well, and something that helped me to understand the way that God loves us. And it's interesting too, because I started getting really honest with God when I'm frustrated, I will express to God like specifically what I'm frustrated about and um, allow myself to be mean about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I've been mean lately. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this? I'm happening? like, you created me. You knew this was my attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shameless. <laughs> um, but it's so nice to feel that I can be. 
Sorry, my dog just walked in. You keep going. Um, hi there. <laughs> hey, bud. It's so nice to feel that I can be honest with God. And the more honest that I have been with God, the more I am observing um, kind of the way that God looks at me. And so kind of the way I'm looking at it now is like, okay, if God actually were my father or I actually had a child, mm-hmm. um, if I were to give this child something special or something they had been asking for, something that they had done all of the things, you know, in waiting and finally received it, I would want them to just enjoy it. Yeah. And God is perfect. I'm an imperfect human and I would want that for my child or my friend or whatever. Um, So, of course, God wants that for us. Yeah. Speaking of my child, I'm going to put Bear out, but I want to... (laughs) (laughs) It's a crap show right now. I want to circle back to that, so I'm just going to keep talking and screaming from a distance. Um, I had that thought on Mother's Day because, um, well, now it's like becoming more of a reality that, well, I'm going to be a mom. Yes. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I love this fetus so much. It's like not even this side of my womb yet. (laughs) And it's weird because I'm not like a, I love kids. They're great. But I like love dogs more if like you get what I'm saying like totally they've never been something that I'm like oh (laughs) that's like dogs for me but with this thing (laughs) my fetus my child (laughs) I like love it so much because it's mine yeah and I had this revelation on Mother's Day like that's how God feels about us like we're just his and that's all we have to be in order to be loved literally it's just be his and we already are and so there's like no conditions around gifts, like you just said, like giving him giving us something that we've prayed for or that we desire is not so that we can give him something in return to prove. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it really, it changed my perspective on being a child of God. Yes. Because I always feel like there's something I need to prove in every relationship that's like one of my biggest issues in life, but there's not, you don't have to prove it a thing. That's right. And it's interesting that you struggle with that. Cause I relate to that so much in, in the striving. That's a word that came up for me a lot this past year. Cause I found myself striving to make things work that were impossible. Yeah. And I finally had to ask myself after I had made it to a level of exhaustion that was just unbearable of like, why do I keep doing this? And I observed that God is putting me in predicaments that I literally cannot do anything about because God is like, this is the only way I can get you to realize, like, I want to step in here. Mm -hmm. I want to be the provider. I want to be the one creating this space for you. Like rest in the palms of my hand. I will guide you. I will lead you. You don't have to do the work. Yeah. You cannot be in control. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Darn that. That's the sentence right there. That's you can't it. do it. You yeah. can't be in control and you, you're going to try. Yep. Um, speaking of like emotions, <laughs> because um, Macy and I had a conversation, what, like three days ago, two days ago. Uh-huh. It's Monday. So yeah, Saturday <laughs> about like how we process emotions versus how our husbands process emotions and I don't think it's necessarily just like applicable to our husbands I think it's like just applicable to every type of relationship even in business like how you and Troy handle business is completely different how you handle this is completely different and some people have a spouse or a partner or a friend or any relationship that thinks exactly like they do, but it's rare that someone is going to process and think how you think yes, and understand how you think. So I kind of want to dive into that just to remove the shame from, I like, I just personally, so I'll just tell you a little story listeners. I had the most like emotional week of pregnancy slash life that I've had in a long time. And I, when I get emotional, this is, I'm not saying I'm not proud of this, but like when I, the way I process things and it's something I definitely need to work on is I'll bottle up and bottle up and then I'll break. 
like I come to a breaking point where like every little thing that's bothered me in the last like X amount of time blows and blows up and comes to the surface. But then like the way that I deal with it is I like, I almost avoid it. So for instance, like I blew up this weekend and Michael just happened to be a bystander in that situation. And he didn't know how to respond to all these like random things I was upset about. And instead of letting him like sit in it with me, I just assumed he didn't, he didn't want to sit in it with me. So I left, like I physically left the house and I realized after we had, Michael and I had a long conversation yesterday and also just like looking back on my past when I handle these types of situations, I do the same thing. I run away, I avoid And then I cry whilst alone in those avoidant areas. And then I come back and I just pretend like everything's fine. But then it blows up again. Yep. So I don't know what point I'm getting to. But the whole point is I was was venting this to Macy this weekend. And she was responding with like how her and Troy are different emotionally. Mm -hmm. And how me and Michael are different emotionally. And how everyone in relationships processes things differently. And it's like a give and take of how you compromise. <laughs> yes. So I kind of just want you to speak into that and like tell our listeners what you told me. <laughs> yes, girl. Well, first of all, I just love how transparent you are. We live in such a, um, we live in a time where everything is so curated mm-hmm. and it's so important for us to remember that we literally are human. And yeah. in my Bible study this morning, I was reading, um, And Jesus was talking about basically this man comes to him. A lot of you guys know this story. And he's like, I followed all the commandments. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And and he's like, basically, what else is left for me to do? And Jesus, in one of the texts, responds, basically, are you asking how to be perfect? And he uses this word perfect. And in the very next gospel... Jesus is saying, are you wondering how to be made complete? And when we think of perfect, we think of blemish-free, we think of spotless, we think that it is pristine. But actually in Hebrew, perfection transliterates as completion. Mm -hmm. And what that made me realize is I have spent so much of my life trying to be perfect in the way that I assumed that word meant was um, always happy, the best daughter, the best friend, the best business owner, basically meaning I could be mistakeless Mm -hmm. and that I never needed to be too emotional or be too angry or swear or just do everything exactly right. And if I even did the smallest thing that I perceived to not be perfect up to my standards, I would like unravel and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm not worthy of love or now everyone's going to think I'm um, a fraud. You know, just so much of this internal rhetoric of just hating on myself for being literally human. Yeah. And as I started to unpack what Catherine talks about so much about shameless living, it like freed me to realize like, wow, I have lived in so much shame And as I've gotten closer and closer specifically to Jesus in my faith, I realized like he is the perfecter Mm -hmm. and Jesus is who makes me complete. And in that story, Jesus says to the man, if you want to be perfected or completed, go back home and sell all of your things. And the man walks away weeping because he's not willing to do that. Yeah. But the whole point of, what Jesus was showing there is like, give me your everything and you don't have to now be the one doing anything. Yeah. And so to circle back about kind of what we were talking about this weekend, the way I like to think of it, my husband and I have been together for nine years. We'll have been married for five and we opened a joint business two months after we got married. Um, and that has been a wild ride of, of really navigating our personalities. And Troy and I 
could not be any more opposite in our approach to things. Like if we were looking at a map, I would naturally say, okay, let's go right. And he would naturally say, no, I'm seeing left. And not even for us to be argumentative, we genuinely, <laughs> however you can do it the opposite way, is is how our brains actually work. Mm -hmm. In the first couple of years, it was really intense because he's way more logical and pragmatic and I'm way more intuitive and emotional. And we would butt heads. And... Um, what I started to realize is, wait, these puzzle pieces are beautiful. And so what I was telling Catherine is I feel like I'm 99% emotion and intuition, creativity, and Troy is 99% um, analytical, pragmatic, um, almost like stoic. And then he has 1% of emotion and I have 1% of that other stuff. <laughs> that foreign stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but... What I've come to understand is I go from high to low. I literally even start our oven from high and slowly go down to medium. Wow. And he starts low to high. So if we're making a business plan, he's like, okay, before we can do X, Y, or Z, we need to have this amount in savings to budget for this. And I'm like, no, we're going to go ahead and do that. And right. maybe it, it puts us in the negative for a little bit of time, but that's what's going to make us the money to get to what we need to be or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I would be really emotional when he would be trying to take these logical approaches that my intuition told me, like, this is what we need to do. But now we use each other's strengths and gifts, and when we come to a conclusion, we know that the whole thing has been covered. Mm. That's not always a mess-free process <laughs> usually it's pretty much it's very messy but it's necessary it is and um and then other relationships whether it be friendships or partnerships or marriages or whatever may be closer like Catherine said where it's like one sixty percent this and the other is forty percent that and it doesn't always work exactly like a puzzle but what I do observe is that we are drawn to people that either help complete us or that um people that like fill us. Like yeah. I can talk about things, emotional things with Catherine and I feel so affirmed because I actually have observed after talking to you this weekend that we need the same things. Yeah. I'm not looking for solutions. I'm looking for someone to tell me, hey, I'm sorry. What you're mm -hmm. going through is really hard. What you're feeling is very normal. And I can't imagine like how hard this must be, but I'm here for you. Right. And you don't need to feel bad for what you're going through. You don't need to feel ashamed for feeling ashamed. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I, well, I think that's also men and women. I'm, yeah. And I'm being, I'm, I'm definitely being stereotypical here, yeah. but sometimes stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Right. Because men do think more, how can I fix this situation yes. that's wrong? Um, because that's how God created them as like doers, um, proactive, take care of the, totally. of the home providers and then like he created women to just eat fruit <laughs> and, and and I don't mean that in like a shame way yeah. I mean it in like a we're more emotionally driven yeah. like we're hungry we're gonna eat and then we need comfort yeah afterwards in order to feel affirmed in order yeah. to feel still worthy mm -hmm. and then we need the solution yeah first we need the comfort yes so I think that's well, just like... And resting in the fields is hard. Um, a lot of times like the fixing in us is the bypassing of empathy because to rest in that space with somebody else would also maybe require us resting in other emotional aspects of our life that we're not ready to go there. Yeah, with. yeah. And sometimes it's like you gotta you you need to take some time and dig deep. Exactly. And figure out what the root of this is. One hundred percent. That that was me this weekend. Was well, that was me yesterday after Saturday was like, there's more to this. Yes. Like and I'm covering it and putting a band aid saying it's this, but there's more to it. Right. I need to get to the core. Yes. And in, in, in the yoga world, we call that shadow work. Mm -hmm. um, and really the whole concept behind that is there are things that have happened to us, uh, whether it's recently or back in our childhood that we don't even remember that have created little triggers for us that that knee jerk reaction or when we're having these explosions that exactly like Catherine said, we want to dive deeper into. And mm -hmm. they are lurking in the shadows because they're the parts of our consciousness or subconsciousness that have become so 
uh, almost like monsters inside of us that it's scary to have to dig it back up. Yeah. Yeah. And then how do we create strategies and solutions around what we find? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that goes into, like, I trust Troy so much that even if I'm frustrated with, like, what I would perceive as his inability to meet me emotionally where I need in any given moment, which he has gotten so amazing at learning the languages that I've needed as I've understood his need for logic and Mm -hmm. analytical talk. Like when I'm speaking to him about my emotions, I have to like consciously think, okay, how do I say this in a way that speaks to his mind while still expressing my heart? Yeah, like (laughs) how do I combine the two? Yeah, I feel like, okay, hold on. Let me just become really intelligent for a second. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just word vomit this. Yeah, literally. But a lot of times that shadow work is literally bringing to light the parts of ourselves that are terrifying because a lot of times it lives in shame and guilt um, and, and having to be honest. And sometimes that also means having to confront situations that we didn't want to deal with when we were younger and didn't have the tools to deal with mm-hmm. so that we can overcome that and kind of push that aside so that we're not carrying that heavy burden yeah. anymore. I think women, too, also feel guilty about having emotions that might burden yes. someone else. 100%. Like, I don't want to bring this up because I don't want to hurt. I don't want to, like, ruffle anything. I don't want to yeah. – I want harmony. And yes. so I don't want to create anything that would stir that up. Yes. And I don't want to feel guilty for possibly – or at least this is me. I'm not, like, trying to generalize all women. But, like, I feel I would rather run away because I don't want to feel guilty about getting in the way of your good day. Oh, wow. So – for instance, this particular Saturday, Michael had a day planned with Troy. <laughs> yeah, they love each other. They love by each the other, way, <laughs> and they're so similar. They literally now share an off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's good though. It's so yeah, good. It is. It and is. I knew that. And my thought was, if I can if I start his day, which I did, in like this very emotional, negative way, then yeah. I'm going to ruin this day he had planned with his bestie, Aww. and. I um, left because I was like, if I process mm-hmm. this here, I'm going to ruin that. And then I'm like, why do, Why am I feeling guilty yep. about feeling things? Yes. But that's like, that's me in business. Yep. That's me in everything. Yep. And like in business specifically, it's, I will set, I'm, I know you can relate to this. I will set a policy for soul. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the policy, y'all. 30-day cancellation notice. And then someone will email me and be like, well, this specific instance, like, I'm realizing I can't make it to any classes because of this. And I'll be like, oh, I don't want you to hate me. I don't want to feel guilty for, like, ruining your schedule. So, sure, I'll, like, bypass the policy for you. And then it's, like, not a policy anymore. Right. (laughs) Right. So it's almost like you need to create policies in your life. Yes. Emotionally and, like, stick to them. Yeah. Well, and... That has been the wildest thing, whether it's through your child, your marriage, the business that you open, or a job that you have, a friend, whatever it is, you're going to have to face the things that you worked really hard up to this point to not have to face. Yeah. And so what I've realized in business is, and, and or through business, is when I am faced with a situation where my my skin just feels like it's crawling and all I want to do is immediately say, yes, okay, it's fine, do it. Mm-hmm. I've now had to take a step back and anytime I have this knee-jerk reaction, whether it be for excitement or fear or trying to fix or whatever, I've now like taken a moment to, like I usually just like try to like swallow because mm-hmm. like that helps me from speaking. <laughs> Because it pauses my literally my garbage. Yeah. I'm like, swallow what you're about to say or do. Physically swallow. Yeah. And give yourself a moment to say, uh, you know, I hear you and I, I totally understand where you're coming from. If you're having to say something in response to them that you really don't want to say. Or like, this sounds really exciting to me. And then I say... Um, let me circle back with you because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my response covers every angle and my my need is to support you, but I also have to make sure I'm making decisions that are sustainable for me 
Um, and I call those win-wins. So until I can figure out a win-win for us um, or making sure that I'm optimizing what both of us need, uh, I don't want to give you an answer yet. Yeah. And that has taken me so long. That's huge. I need to do that. I need yes. to be better at that. And in doing that, what you're doing in that moment is... Creating respect. Too. Creating respect and not self-sacrificing. Yeah. Creating a boundary around helping people understand that policies are not made because we're just like randomly trying to be mean. It, it, they're made because there is a level of sustainability that you have to reach so that this place can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be a relationship or a business or like a relationship with your kids or whatever it is. And then it really allows you to take a moment and have some space about, okay, why did I set this policy? And why why are they needing to to ask for kind of like a favor here? And how can I provide this opportunity for them and me? And it always brings us closer. Mm-hmm. I had a client the other day um, that was like, I saw that one of your class times changed. Like, I'm just really bummed because I can't, I can't make the new time. And a little bit down the rabbit hole of like, you know, why, why was this done and this, this and that. And it was like, you know what? I totally get you. Like, first of all, thank you for even knowing our schedule enough to realize that we changed the time. Yeah. I haven't even announced it yet. Yeah. Good (laughs) on you. Yeah. Like, wow, you are a raving fan. (laughs) Leave a review. Yeah. Um, however, we're in a particular situation right now where we just don't have any instructors that can cover that time. Yeah. So instead of removing the class altogether, we made the decision to push it back an hour. Um, and they were like, oh, like, you know, I would have never thought that that was the case. And we had this whole awesome conversation. I'm like, look, like anytime we move a class time, that's usually what it is, or it's just, you know, some other logical reason. But if you ever are wondering why, like never hesitate to ask. Yeah, that's really good because I feel like a lot of people probably think, especially customers probably think like, ugh, they're just... They just have swishing it up again. Doing it up again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's there's a method for our yes. madness. And yeah. sometimes it's not always even what we want. What we want. Yeah. But we have to do it. Yeah. And you know, we yeah. all gotta like have some empathy or just have some like patience for yeah, one another. Totally. And what it does is it forces us to have deeper connected relationships. Yeah. I've spent a long time being so afraid to be dis- like unagreeable. I think is the word. Like I always want to be like, yes, you're exactly right and okay and we can fix that and you know, that kind of thing. And this past year, I think a lot of us have had to become unagreeable for a multitude of reasons because we're all just living in this crazy world with so many different lenses. Mm-hmm. And it forced us to have hard conversations more often. And now it's like I don't even perceive these things as hard conversations. I perceive them as an opportunity to take in somebody's perception and observe mine and help each other use this tool of communication to try and see a situation from the same lens. Yeah. And it's it I mean it's literally like paradigm shifts during conversations and I feel my brain like wobble a little. I'm like, "Oh, we're getting somewhere." Yeah. We're making progress. <laughs> yeah. I struggle I struggle with that yeah like I struggle with wanting everyone to like me yes and I think you and I maybe can relate on this too is we both started businesses out of like passion for a cause or passion yeah. for a purpose yes and our businesses are rooted in relationships so that wanting everyone to like you yep it goes into business because you've built one-on-one personal relationships with all of your clients and they become your friends so you have to separate during times of, you know, pushback. Yeah. That in this instance, you are also a client. Yes. You're my friend, but you're also a client. And at, because you're my friend, I can be honest with you about why this is a new policy or why this is happening or why you might be uncomfortable with this. Yep. And maybe you can see my perspective because you're my friend. But, oh, my gosh, it is hard because is. I just don't want to let people down. Totally. And I think, you know... With the way that Troy lives his life, um, he has navigated harder conversations well. And one of our core values at the studio is effective communication. And anytime we bring someone new on, we always, you know, say to them, "Look, we want to keep this streamline of com- 
communication always open. Like we understand that there's going to be times where we have to discuss things that feel scary Mm -hmm. for us. And we always want you to know that our primary need is to make sure that we are helping meet your primary needs. Yeah. And, and having those conversations, I notice myself, like you get a fluttering feeling when you can tell an intense moment is arising. Mm -hmm. And I used to like just spiral from that. But now when I get that fluttery feeling, I try to exhale. I try to relax my shoulders and realize, okay, this is a scary moment. And the root word of courage is actually to expose one's heart honestly. Ooh. Yeah. It doesn't actually mean to like, like this warrior that's like not scared of anything. The actual literal root of what its origin was to expose one's heart honestly. And so, so like vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> literally. And so I think about, okay, this feeling that I'm getting is that somebody is exposing their heart and they're asking me to expose mine. Mm. And then it, it feels less scary because now it's two people talking about something that is, means enough to them to have this conversation. And, and the whole goal is to make sure that uh, bridges are built where we could be building walls and that needs are being met where we could be causing like dissension or whatever. Yeah. And when you come at it from logical standpoint of like, okay, it's just two people needing to reach an agreement but also using our heart of like, okay, but here's my need and they also have needs, then you open up logic and empathy. And if those two things are sitting in the same room with you during difficult times, you are pretty much guaranteed to get through that unscathed. And then you feel like euphoric after. Yeah. Even if you didn't get 100% of like, like even that conversation on the phone, even though we couldn't change the class time, I was like, look, it's important for me to understand that this is something you value and now I'm going to be even more proactive about trying to find instructors that can teach during that time. Yeah. I'm hyper aware of this. Yes. Now. And they were like, oh my goodness, like, thank you so much. And I'm like, well, thank you for being brave enough to even say this to me, you know? And then, and then we were like, we love each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went out for drinks. Yeah. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just need you to sit on my shoulder and tell me (laughs) to pause and relax my shoulders and give me some wise words of wisdom before I react. Um, I also think I need to give myself a little more grace. I think I have like a, like a tendency to give everyone else grace and preach this shameless living Mm -hmm. And believe it with all my heart, but then I get myself in these situations mm-hmm. where I don't show the same type of love to myself. And then I'm like, ooh. Yes. Why, like, that seems so hypocritical. Like, I heard, and I think I shared this recently on the podcast, I heard someone say, like, this, like, scripture says, love your neighbor like you love yourself. But if you don't love yourself, then are you really loving your neighbor to your utmost potential? That's right. Or if you're not giving yourself love first, then how are you... Like, if you're not filled up, how can you pour out kind of thing? Yep. And I will drain myself dry pouring out. And then I have these moments like I did last weekend where I just break. And that's burnout. Yeah. And that's what I've realized. And I've allowed myself to operate from a space of burnout for the last four years and then on and off forever. And right. Like, like we're going to, this is going to continually happen because yeah. life is hard and yeah, we're not perfect. We're not going to learn, right. you know, you're not going to learn all the things, but it is important to understand or, or like now, you know, okay, when I have that moment, I'm burnt out. Yeah. Or like if I come home and I've, I'm just like, you know, not, I'm acting hangry. Troy's like, have you eaten today? <laughs> have you had any water? I'm like, it's not that simple, Troy. <laughs> and then he like brings me like a sandwich and I eat it. And I'm like, ah. I love you. I love you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, there's there's who I know. <laughs> it's true, though. You're not filling yourself up with yes, food. And it, and it it combusts. Literally. Yeah. So if you're not filling yourself up with the same truth that you pour out to others, then yeah. bye-bye. Yeah. Self-care is so important. And, you know, I've observed people that I really do have respect for are people that offer compassion and grace to all of those around them, but also hold very uh consistent boundaries for their own needs mm-hmm. I'm I feel like in my 30s I just got to a point where I was like I need to set some boundaries yeah because in your 20s I feel like you're trying to be everything to everyone yeah. and you're still like 
you're still learning. Like, yeah. what's your thing? Where do you fit in? What's your passion? But now I'm like, okay, <laughs> I know I can't go out on a Friday night after I've taught this many amount of hours. Yes. Because I'm drained and I need to fill back up. And what fills me back up? So I think it's just, I think it comes with time too. It does. Like trial and error. And knowing the transitions of life. I remember going from high school to college. I was literally taking four hour naps like three times a week. I was that exhausted Mm -hmm. from just trying to figure out. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Bless you. I stopped it. Oh, no, I didn't. Dang it. Sometimes when you say bless you, it stops it. Oh, dang. I didn't know that. Well, it's just in my head. But I feel like it's (laughs) got to be science. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) So analytical. Um... But that transition was, like, so exhausting for me that I needed that. And now the transition of going from, like, graduating college to early adulthood now, like, full on into owning a business and all these different things, I'm juggling so much Mm -hmm. more that I don't even, even if I wanted to show up for everybody the way I used to or, or do all the things, I literally, physically, mentally, and emotionally cannot. Yeah. You should evolve as a person. Yeah. You should evolve and have to set new boundaries as you evolve. Yep. Um, and maybe break others that were there yeah. before. And it forces you to set, understand what your priorities are and then set your life around those priorities, which is also really neat because yeah. then you learn yourself. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of evolving, um, how or what has it been like for you since you started the studio? as you've evolved in your gifts and figured out what life as a business owner is like, (laughs) which is a lot. Um, how have you evolved into like, how have you, how have your dreams evolved? (laughs) How have they shifted? It's so funny because I have written my goals now since 2013 and looking at my goals when we first opened the studio, it was literally, um, like, I had Tony Robbins and Oprah, like, at the top of the page. Oh, and Beth Moore. <laughs> and I was like, holy trinity. Yeah. Beth Moore, like, Tony Robbins, I'm and Oprah. I'm going to be, like, a combination of them. <laughs> I want to own Lumina Station, which is where we, like... Originally. Yeah, we're yeah. in. And the whole point of owning them was, like, we wanted... I wanted, like, holistic brands to come in. I already had, like, five different brands that I was, like, ready to usher in. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to launch a... Bible study and eventually have a podcast and it's cool. It's just my dog. Yeah. He's um, like learned how to open doors now. It's wild. It's great. Yeah. It's great for podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job there. Um, but basically just like literally the intention of like taking over the world and spreading unconditional love. Yeah. And taking now, over the world. <laughs> yeah. Just that small feat. And, and I like really was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, I'll just like learn how to do this little studio. It'll take me like two years and then like I'll do this and this and this and this and this. And now I'm like, whew, like I have no intention of owning anything other than the studio. Very content and happy with Yeah, that. like good to go. Yeah, good, like real good on Don't that. Don't need a whole nope. limited station. Nope. like Tony Robbins, you keep doing you. Oprah, Beth Moore, like <laughs> You're doing love great. it, like round of applause. Um, but it's really like now my goal is to have a team that loves each other and supports each other that provides services that helps our community truly heal connect and inspire through unconditional love um to be hopefully one day under the same roof as troy Mm -hmm. and us have a sustainable life where we are enjoying each other we have our friends and family that we we have time with we can take time away and vacation and things of that nature Mm -hmm. and live in this amazing town that we love um and still provide like jobs and services for this awesome community of people that we can't believe we are blessed enough to get to do life with yeah and it's that simple and maybe i will write a bible study one day or maybe i will have a podcast or you should you know something like that um because like everyone here is going to subscribe because they're (laughs) they've already downloaded they've already searched feel connect inspire can't find it um but that's not my driving force anymore my driving force is actually joy Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how I can provide that um 
every single day to myself and those around me, given like the storms of just life in general. But yeah. like, do you, like truly, how can I operate from a space of, of abundance instead of burnout and, and, um, and, and step into my gifts that God has given me? Yeah. What about you? You know, I think that if you step into this wild world of entrepreneurship, then there's probably some sort of something in you that is a perfectionist or strives for perfectionism or is a striver in general. So I think just recently I, you know, when I first started soul, I was like, well, if anyone just comes and meets me at the park, like I'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) But now, but when, once it started growing and I started getting momentum in the business, I was thinking, I was like, I am going to be going and speaking at women's gatherings and conferences and leading workouts for these people. And like, I'm going to blow up on Instagram. And I was like, soul is just going to be this like massive entity that shameless living is going to sweep the world, you know? Yes. And I think it's because I assumed in my perfectionist standards and in my striving standards that that meant success. Yep. And that that meant I had made it. And even like sometimes some, something I still struggle with. Um, I've always been like a hoarder of money, like I'm a saver. And so something I struggle with is like spending money on the business in order to make more money. But then I realized like I'm actually, and I do like, who doesn't want to make more money? I mean, that's just like, that's great. Right. But I think what I've realized recently is I'm actually really content with the amount of money I'm making. It's not a lot, yep. but I'm happy. And maybe one day once, if we like keep popping out kids, I'll need to make a few more dollars to sustain that. But right now, like we're sustained and we're happy and we're not driving. Like, I mean, we still got our 07 Camry, but, yes, girl. but we're happy. And maybe that's what success is. And I went from like, let's franchise soul to like all these different locations to I'm good. Like I'm good with it being in my home and staying in my home. Yes. I don't need to open up a new space. Like I'm fine. And if an opportunity presents itself one day, I'm not going to put too much pressure on it. Like I'll explore it, but it's not, I don't know. I just think recently I've gotten to this place where my priorities have shifted to as long as I'm living out the mission that I originally, like for you, it's Heal, Connect, Inspire. For me, it's empowering women through shameless living. If that's what I'm doing through this podcast or through our group workouts or just through posts on Instagram, then job all done. 100%. Yeah. Job done. It's so wild to hear that too. And, you know, you get into this, you know, big bad world of, adulthood and you wonder why things are the way that they are but you get into it and you realize it's not simple Mm -hmm. there's so many nuances and so many intricacies that you cannot plan or prepare for it's like watching ninja warriors on tv and be like oh i could do that obstacle course (laughs) do that all the time right yeah (laughs) yeah and and then you like you get up to do it and you probably couldn't even get through like the first little thing Mm -hmm. you know but they've trained for so long to make it look so simple and that is really how i feel about adulthood it's way more complicated and intricate than you could ever imagine and on top of the fact that the older we get the heavier our, our shadows become mm-hmm. if we're not processing our emotions or or things of that nature like the, all of that stuff gets more and more intense and your goals and dreams do have to pivot and shift because you realize life is actually about surrounding yourself with people that you feel connected to yeah and creating connections with and maybe providing services that make the world a better place and that doesn't mean that you have to open your own business or Whatever, if you're a stay-at-home mom, it is filling yourself up enough mm-hmm. so that your children are witnessing, you know, an incredible woman that they will one day grow up and emulate. Yeah. Um, or working in a business where you are the light amidst the darkness. And it's also realizing, like, as that same mother, you might unravel or yell at your children mm-hmm. and that you're still an incredible mother. Yeah. Or you might have a, uh, you know, make a mistake in your in your business or 
with a friend and you're still allowed that grace and forgiveness because we are human. We are flawed. We are made flawed by design so that we, at the end of the day, cannot point to ourselves. Yeah. And we have to rely on the source. Have to. Yeah. Because and we can't do it. No. And that's actually like, thank goodness. Thank goodness I don't have to have the answers because, wow, I really thought I had them. And I am so glad I don't. Yeah. Well, and it's like, think of all the times you didn't have the answers and you were so down on yourself. But then at the end of the day, we know that it's not our job. Like right. we still have our, like our roots in Jesus yes. and we still fall into that trap of feeling ashamed for not having the answers or not doing something right. But then we can circle back. And there's so many people who d- still think that, you know, they have to have mm-hmm. the answer that perfectionism is necessary in order to find joy. And it's just like the total opposite. And it's hard not to slip back into that, especially if you come from that space. But I had the thought the other day, I was like driving and thinking like, wow, you know, anything I've accomplished is, is truly through my faith in what God has accomplished in me. And I really respect someone like Elon Musk who like truly doesn't know the Lord. Like, I don't know how he figured out what he figured out like he's a real like like he's on mars yeah like he's, he's a legit human like he's crushing the human world yeah but god was like i'll just take this little lady right here who is just gonna like move out of the way and let me fill her life and she doesn't really have these skill sets but i will fill her and yeah she will do well, he loves using inadequate people because yes. then it shows his adequacy is that yes. a word and glory yeah adequ- yeah. yeah and i also think we talked about this before we started recording and maybe touching on it but is we try and over spiritualize what God has like put in put in front of us, like yep. directly in front of us. Like we think we have to be the Oprahs of the world yep. in order to make an impact, or we have to be the Beth Moores in the Christian world in order to write a Bible study, or in order to yep. like host people at our house and like feel like we have um, words to hang on. And God's like, no, like I do that. You don't yes, have to over-spiritualize uh, anything. You just have to show up. And yes. I I think that if we take it, if we take a look at our faith from that perspective of just show up as you are, whatever you are in this moment, then it'll take a lot of pressure off of us to be this perfect mom or wife or Bible study leader or community builder, entrepreneur, whatever your title that you're putting your worth in is. If you're just like, no, all I'm asked is to just show up exactly as I am. And he'll do the rest. Mm -hmm. We don't need to over-spiritualize it. I get that way when I go to like church or Bible studies or worship nights. Like Michael just joined this worship night, which is great because he's like all about um, worship. No, but he like he just joined this group where it's like super just like charismatic and worshipy and it's awesome. And I unfortunately cannot make it right now in this season because I'm coaching early mornings and it meets late at night. But I still have this fear, if I'm being honest, because I can start going in the summer once I get my classes covered. Um, I have this fear of if I go, are they going to think I'm spiritual enough? Cause they've like, they've got this backing, you know? And God's like, are you like, no, just show up. Yeah. Just show up and sing a song if you want, or don't sing a song. <laughs> like <laughs> yes. just show up. Literally. Um, I'm so glad we're talking about this because over spiritualizing things, like it's so cool to think of it from, from the end that you're talking about of like, oh my goodness, like. What if, what if I don't know the words or yeah. what if I'm not like having this crazy experience? What if I don't raise my hand at the yeah. right time or like say <laughs> yeah. amen when they're supposed to? Yes. Yeah. And my thing, you know, from the yoga world, like there's so much stuff about like numerology and what year we're in and what that means and this and this and that, that like the control side or the perfectionism side can try to plan or like know like what does God have in store? Like let me be super proactive and have everything lined up so that nothing can hit the fan. And like let me use these spiritualized techniques to like make sure I have it all situated, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then all of a sudden God reminds me like I'm not in charge. So two people will say like, oh, I'm moving. 
And one of those people might be someone that we were just going to rise up into like a managerial position. And so now I feel like I have this gaping hole. But then someone calls and is coming back in from out of town and like calls me an hour after that person and is like, hey, I need to start on this day, which just happens to be that other person's last day. And like things like that have happened, I kid you not, like at least seven times since last August. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm over-spiritualizing over here trying to like use whatever it is that I was trying to use to like understand or plan or prepare or, or make sure nothing falls when really God's like up there laughing the whole time like, I got you. Yeah, like it's already orchestrated. Already figured out. Like if something's unraveling, it is because I already have a new thing being built. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about that. Like, pray about your fears of the unraveling and then let me perform my miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that two completely different moments or two completely different scenarios can both be simultaneously the same level of holy and look completely different. And I'll explain that. It's... (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for this. I'll try to. I think Michael going to a worship night is holy and good and beautiful and me going to bed an hour earlier is also holy because it's honoring the time that God bestowed upon me to coach. That's right. So maybe I'm not like on my knees praying or singing songs, but two things that look completely different can be exactly the exact amount of holy that God wants you to be in yeah and it could be something like meeting your friends for a bible study it could be something like answering the phone when someone from out of town calls you know to say i need a job yes so it's it could be something really what what the world says is like what the world views as holy or idealistic or it could just be something so simple literally and The thing about all of this is, and I always come back to this thought, when Jesus is literally being crucified and all of the disciples know what's about to happen, and Judas is literally kisses Jesus to betray him, Mm -hmm. which is like, oh, it makes me want to cry. And Jesus knew all along that Judas was going to betray him and still asked him to be a disciple. Yeah. And then Peter's always over there like, I love you so much. I'm going to cut this person's ear off. <laughs> Peter. You know, silly. Like, I love you, Peter, but do less. You know, and I can be a Peter so much. I know. I was going to say, I actually really relate Me to Peter. Me too. And like, he's up in the courtyard denying Jesus and the rooster crows. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, John is at the foot of the cross with his mother. And John is the only disciple out of all of them that just rested in how much Jesus loved him. And I come back to that all the time, but it's like, oh, why is that so hard? Like, of course, our perfect Savior, all he wants us to know is how deeply we are loved. Mm -hmm. And all he wants us to do is step aside and let him love us. That's Mm -hmm. it. And then we already know, like, the enemy is the prince of the world. So the enemy is going to come in hot and fire shots. Yeah. But... Jesus is like right there protecting us and already has this immaculate plan. And I might be on the earth for a hundred years, which is a blip in the bucket for eternity. Yeah. But let's just say that it takes 20 of those hundred years to refine me for the next, you know, 80 of them. Then who am I to get in the way of that? Yeah. I just have to trust and step aside and that is, I think that's why this season I'm in right now is so sweet, is I'm being reminded of the power of trust and how amazing it feels to rest in sovereign faith. Mm-hmm. And sovereign, like, acceptance. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, and also, if you're in this season where you feel like darts are coming at you from every angle, it's probably because you are stepping into something that is what God wants for you and what God needs for the world because the enemy's only going to attack something when it's good so why would he mess with something that's like already messed up (laughs) you know he's like that's that's taken care of I don't need to spend my time on that but this girl is chasing after connecting women and men through yoga connecting them to their body and 
emotionally and spiritually pouring into them, I'm going to attack her. Right. She's on fire and I got to get in the way. Which is why it's so nice to sit here with you, Catherine, and even think about, you know, the listeners who are, who are tuning in of realizing like this community that you have created around shameless living, living, we need each other. Yeah. Because we are movers and shakers in the world and we are spreading joy and we are spreading light and, and we are told that this is a dark world. That light is going to shine. We have to encourage each other. Yeah. We have to build each other up. We have to remind each other like we are fighting the good fight. It is okay to not be okay. And yes. <laughs> ultimately, like we are human doing our absolute best and here is what grace looks like but also like continuing to be reminded that we have champions in our corner like we are here for each other yeah yeah and let people be able to say give them the space to say I'm not okay yes and you not love them any less (laughs) you know yes like I we were at my baby shower when I talked to you about this I should it should have been a really joyful thing and I broke down in tears. And yeah. and that's life. You know, like you're allowed to be not okay. And that's what I want this platform to be. And yes, sometimes I do like have talks about The Bachelor or like, you know, very just like superficial podcast conversations. But what I want this to be is a platform for women from every area of life to be able to share their story. And... And it'd be okay if they're in a season or if they've been in a season that wasn't okay. Because we all, we're all we all just trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Have, have I told you the butterfly story, like the process of caterpillar to butterfly? No. Okay. Or maybe. So, but I mean, I know that a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm aware of that. I've learned that in elementary that, that's school. That's the story. There you go. Okay, you got it. Yeah, Good job, yeah. girl. <laughs> but, like, in hearing kind of how your week was last week. And I relate so much to that with like the birthing of our studio, like sides of me came out that I hadn't even seen, let alone like my new husband. I'm like, I swear I'm good. It's not good right now. <laughs> You're like, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha to marry me. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. But it's kind of like the process of going from a caterpillar to a butterfly is, and I think of like when we're in the caterpillar zone, we are, in our comfort zone, like life feels good. Then all of a sudden we get like absorbed into this cocoon where you're like, all right, I can tell something's happening. It's really uncomfortable. Like we go from like just chilling outside on the leaves to like this, this thing that is like total darkness and it's scary and terrifying. Mm -hmm. But then the caterpillar comes out of the cocoon and you would think that that's when the process is over. Oh no. Uh-uh. that's when it gets real. So the caterpillar comes out, its whole body is full of liquid and super swollen. And it's how so I feel right now. <laughs> it's like, I just came out like a caterpillar. I feel like a caterpillar yeah. just coming out. Like. Um, but its little wings are uh, limp and have no strength. Mm-hmm. And it actually has to use... Um, it has to start using its wings even though it has no strength and the strength of using its wings actually propels the liquid from the body into the wings but it gets that strength through pushing itself out of the cocoon so if somebody were to come by and just rip open the cocoon the caterpillar would remain bloated and the wings would never get full it has to it do the pushing it has to do the pushing and it has to like feel the uh, the discomfort of being in a new body with limp wings and having to struggle to like slowly peel itself out of the cocoon and through that struggle is how the transfer of the liquid goes from the body to the wings so that they can actually fly. Holy crap. Yeah. You got to go through the muck in order to yes. get to the yeah, and you think the muck's the cocoon. <laughs> you would think, yeah. And then you come out of that thing, and you're like, oh, I'm way worse off yeah. than I was. Like, just let me be that caterpillar, but that's getting outside of the zone of comfort. And then you have to go through the struggle. And then once that struggle is complete, which is usually probably way more arduous and way more way longer than you would have ever planned for yourself, mm-hmm. only then can you be, like, this strong butterfly. I freaking love that. Yeah. I mean, I hate it because, like, we are the caterpillar yes. sometimes. But I love it because we get to yeah, become a butterfly. Yeah. 
So every time I'm getting in a new zone that's outside my comfort, I'm like, all right, which phase am I in? And I'm like, I'm bloated body. Here we go. Bloated body. <laughs> like we're about to get those wings going. <laughs> the liquid's coming. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually really funny and a really good way to wrap this up is whatever if you're in the cocoon rest in the cocoon that's right if you're in the bloated body <laughs> the wings are coming yeah keep fighting yes seriously though whatever season of life I mean we really didn't have like I sent Macy some ideas of conversation topics but I didn't think we needed it nah. because we can just talk. So this podcast episode covers everything and I'm like thrilled for hopefully every one of our listeners to be able to relate on some level. Yay. Thank you, Catherine. It was such an honor to be here today. Thank you for being here. Of course. Love you. Love you. And listeners, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa!